In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It's almost Christmas. It is Advent. And you can tell. It's not only pretty, it's spectacular. And the church readings, not just for us, not just for Lutherans, but for many churches around the world, the gospel reading for the next two weeks, those readings are all about John the Baptist. This seems odd. In fact, today's Gospel of Mark and the entire Gospel, nowhere does it tell us anything about Christmas. Nowhere is the narrative of the birth of Christ, no story of Joseph and Mary, no presentation of the baby at the temple, no circumcision, not even 12-year-old Jesus teaching at the synagogue. Nothing. So what's the deal? What's the deal with John the Baptist? Mark begins his gospel writing about a mountain man that lives outdoors and eats bugs and shoves his arms up into bees' nests when he feels like he needs to have a sweet treat. This isn't Christmas. This does not match the sweet, innocent image of a baby Jesus snuggled in a manger, surrounded by parents, surrounded by shepherds and wise men and gifts and a bright star above, a Christmas tree, wreaths and candles, Garland and ornaments, your advent calendars at home, your Christmas lights hanging outside, the smell of cookies, candy in the dish, and you have stockings hanging that have been in your family for years. That's pretty. John the Baptist is not pretty. In fact, the story of John the Baptist ends terribly. In Mark chapter 6, his story ends with his severed head on a platter. This world isn't too pretty. We are in a period of tribulation. Our world is spiritually devastated. So, God sends a preacher, a preacher like John, a preacher to proclaim a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. These Ten Commandments we just recited, we have all broken them from the first to the last. Therefore, it is necessary that we are preached to in order for us to hear the word of God and to repent. To repent literally means to turn back to God. 
But in order to turn back to God means to turn away from your other gods. And when you don't turn away from your other gods, God will destroy your idols. Our Bible has a complete history of this. God destroyed the Tower of Babel and they were so proud of it. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah when they only idolized themselves. God will take away piece by piece, bit by bit, all of your idols and smash them. You've heard it said. Maybe you've said this yourself. I have nowhere left to turn. I have nowhere to go. That feeling of being smashed inside. Many people that are at the lowest points of their life become a Christian at that time. God has destroyed their idols. What are your daily idols? Or are you your own daily idol? Some people, though, will come back to church after a long time away. Some people come back to church every week. And God sends you a pastor, a preacher, to urge you to repent, to turn back to God. Just like God sent John the Baptist to preach a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Maybe you didn't want to hear about John the Baptist this morning. Christmas is coming. This close to Christmas with all of the beautiful decorations. Well, God does not give you what you want for Christmas. God gives you what you need for Christmas. That's what a father does. It's what parents do. What do your kids and grandkids want for Christmas? Is it socks, underwear? Is it a new toothbrush? Is that what's on their list? God the Father gives you what you need. Pastors, preachers, that point directly inside to your heart. The pastor, the preacher, then takes your heart and holds it up to the shining light of God's commandments and points out to you every dark crevice. It's bad. It's bad for all of us. Then the pastor points to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. You have nowhere to go. You have nowhere else you can turn. You've been shown the darkness of your heart. You repent. You confess. God, I'm sorry. 
it really is that simple. God, I'm sorry. Do not hinder the cleansing of your heart. It has been made possible by Jesus' death and resurrection. Do not hinder it. Make straight his path. God sends you a pastor to help make the path straight, to baptize you, to forgive you. Just like God sends John the Baptist to clear the path, to make his way straight for the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It is beautifully simple. God, I'm sorry. I announce to you all this day the same words that were announced to you in your baptism. God has forgiven you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen to that. God gives you for Christmas what you need. But our God is a good and gracious God. He gives more. He gives you all of himself. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth, Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus had no need of baptism for himself. That is certain. The baptism of Jesus was the beginning of his leading by example for you. Follow this example. Now, Jesus Christ, though, he's someone who deserves to be baptized by a king. But instead, he's baptized by a mountain man who eats crunchy bugs and has bee stings all over his arms. You'd think a guy like Jesus should be baptized by someone like King David. Or at least a, a high-ranking temple priest. But my friends, no pope is needed. Jesus is baptized by a lowly preacher. What does this mean? This is the example set by Christ for us. Should any person, any walk of life, rich or poor, man or woman, noble or feeble, even infant, should anyone come into a church, this church, for example, should anyone come in here and desire to be baptized, they can be certain that the validity of their baptism does not depend on any man, but on the word of God and of the washing of water. Also, in Jesus' baptism, 
the triune God is revealed to us, all three at once. The Holy Spirit. We learn that the Holy Spirit is like a dove. The same Holy Spirit that is directly attached to the Word of God. This dove is telling us how Scripture works in us. So what is a dove? A dove was the bird sent out from Noah. After a great washing, a washing of sin. The dove finally returns one day with an olive branch. That dove returned with a message for Noah. There is now peace. The sin is gone. A dove is tame. A dove is innocent. A spirit of gentleness, if you will. A dove injures nothing with its mouth or with its talons. A dove does not even feed on mice or grubs. A dove has no malice. An example for us. God the Father, continuing in the Trinity, identifies Jesus as his son during his baptism. The identity is known. You are my son. We also, we also are identified as children of God in our baptism. For this, God is also very well pleased. So well pleased that in our baptism, he gives us the Holy Spirit like a dove into our hearts cleansing those dark crevices, an innocent gentleness. Even after the baptism of Jesus Christ by John the Baptist, Jesus continues his life to be an example for us, to be tempted like we're tempted, to minister to others like we should. We should be humble, as he was. We will suffer in this life, as he did. It will hurt. We will all die one day, like he did. But we will rise, like he did. We will ascend in glory to heaven, like he did. We follow the example. The purpose of John the Baptist is the purpose of your pastor to point to your heart, to point out your sin, to point you to repentance. The purpose of John and the purpose of your pastor is to point to the Christmas gift given in Jesus Christ, to make straight his path, to deliver forgiveness of sins directly to you. 
without hindrance. Also that you, having been forgiven, are able to look in awe and wonder to the baby in the manger. Amen.